0: Find your Bible, open it up, turn it on. Go ahead and find a Bible somewhere in the home there and open it up and turn it on. We're going to be in John chapter 21 today and keep your Bible open because I have a lot of work to do today and they only give me 30 minutes to do it, so I have to work hard today and work fast today. But uh, let's begin as you're turning there with a question What time are you waking up these days? What time are you? Waking up these days. Uh, What time are you waking up, Richard? He doesn't want to talk about it. It's hard to keep a consistent schedule in quarantine. So I've been doing this Bible study at 10 a.m. most weekdays. Uh, By the way, we'll be doing it this week from Tuesday through Friday at 10 a.m. live. And so I'll do the Bible study at 10 a.m. and then I'll walk back into the living room. And normally, 10:30 there's still a couple kids sleeping on the couch that just fell over sometime during the middle of the night. So I'm not exactly sure when they went to bed that night because I'm still trying to go to bed on time. But it's possible that some of you may even be bringing just a little bit of guilt to church today because at least once recently you have stayed up all night Netflix binging. Anybody want to confess that you have stayed up at least once All night, Netflix binging during this quarantine. Well, when we arrive at John chapter 21, the disciples have been up all night. They are frustrated. They are confused. They are anxious. It has been a long evening. Sound familiar? And that's where we begin in John chapter 21. Let's read the first three verses together. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called twin, Nathaniel from Cana of Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples were together. I'm going fishing, Simon Peter said to them. Well, we're coming with you, they told him. And they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Now these disciples, and it's estimated that as many as seven of the disciples were professional fishermen. And these disciples had left everything to follow Jesus. For many of them, fishing was not just a hobby. It was their their profession. And they had been willing to leave their jobs. They had been willing to leave their hometown, to leave everything behind in order to follow Jesus. I mean, what a ride. They saw Jesus walk on the water. They were there when the blind received sight. They were there when the paralytic man was brought through the roof. They were there at the feeding of the 5,000. And whenever the walls began to close in upon Jesus and the Pharisees and the other political leaders began to come after Him, they knew the danger, and yet these disciples were willing to follow Jesus all the way up the hill to Jerusalem. And then think about that Holy Week and all that they witnessed during the Holy Week. Whenever everybody cried out, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. They were there at the triumphant entry. They watched as Jesus went into the temple and He cleansed the temple. They were there when the promise of the kingdom was made. They were there when their trusted friend, Judas, revealed himself as a betrayer. They, were, they survived the near garden arrest and then they watched as the torturous trial Unfolded, They saw the crucifixion and they witnessed the massive earthquake, the resurrection, and they had become witnesses of the resurrected Lord. And in the middle of the disciples, there was a man who was a great leader and he was also a complicated sort. <laughs> Any of you complicated sorts? His name was the Apostle Peter. And Peter was dealing with some shame because he had also denied Jesus, betrayed Jesus. And there was a moment in the courtyard when Jesus and Peter had even locked eyes because Peter had bragged a little bit. He had said, hey, I'm willing to die with you, Lord. There's nothing that would ever cause me to betray you. And Jesus looked at him and said, oh, you're going to betray me three times before the rooster even crows. And when that prophecy unfolded, It created a lot of guilt and shame within Peter, so it wasn't surprising that he needed to go clear his head and go fishing. So what do you do in order to clear your head? What do you do when you just need to clear your head? Maybe listen to music, play some video games, read a book, watch a movie, go for a walk, go for a run. Well, the apostle Peter was out clearing his head, and he was about to have A defining moment in his life for most of his life fishing was his life that's what he did day and night he fished same lake possibly the same boat same group of guys about three years earlier Jesus had called them to be fishers of men but now what now what Everything had changed. The world was different. And so Peter thought, maybe it's time to get the old gang back together. Maybe it's time to go back home and just start fishing again. I'll live my life quietly. I I won't take risk. I'll just fish. You know, it's funny how much better the past looks once it's over (laughs) right now many of us cannot wait to get back to our way of life are you ready to go back to your way of life well probably for a lot of us three months from now we're going to be saying things like man i really missed that time when we just got to stay home okay so a lot of you won't but a lot of times the past looks better once it's over and after a long night of fishing with nothing to show the sun began to rise, and that's where we pick up the story in verse 4. When, Jesus, or when daybreak came, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples, make sure you get the scene, the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Friends, Jesus called to them. You don't have any fish, do you? No, they answered. Now, do you know any proud fishermen? Fishermen always love to pose with the fish. And fish tales are legendary. Fishes Fish always get bigger with each year that passes. And a proud fisherman that has been fishing all night and catches nothing, the last thing they want to hear when the sun is coming up is somebody standing on the shore cooking fish who calls out to the lake, and and literally this is the language that Jesus is using, little children, (laughs) lads, hey boys, hey boys, you don't have any fish, do you? So you need to make sure that you understand the tone of the disciples' reaction in verse 5. It's probably not, no, it's, no, we don't have any fish. What's it to you? But then the man on the shore tells them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. And so they did, and they were unable to haul it in because of the large number of fish. And the disciple, the one Jesus loved, that would be John, he said to Peter, it is the Lord. So the disciples had nothing to lose. They had zero fish, and zero times zero is still zero. So Jesus creates a flashback scene. He goes back to luke chapter 5 in luke chapter 5 jesus borrowed two of peter's fishing boat boats and he did an impromptu live stream sermon back in jesus day water was the wi-fi and so they would go out on the boat and they would preach over the water so that their voice would be amplified and more people could hear and just as in john 21 Peter and the boys fished all night and they had caught nothing. And Jesus told them back in Luke 5, three years earlier, cast your net on the other side of the boat. And that was the day that Peter fell on his knees before Jesus. And he began to realize that he was in the presence of the Son of God. Do you remember what he said? He looked at Jesus and he said, get away from me, for I am a sinful, unclean man. And Jesus looked at Peter there on his knees that day and he said, no, no, I'm not going to send you away. I'm going to embrace you. In fact, I'm going to send you out. I'm going to call you to a new life. Do you realize that whenever you fall before the Lord on your knees, He doesn't push you away. He embraces you. And He cleanses your past. He heals your soul. And He calls you to begin again. Let's go back to John 21. In verse 7, Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, and so he tied his outer clothing around him, for he had taken it off, and he plunged into the sea. Since they were not far from land about 100 yards away, the other' disciples came in came, the other disciples came in, the boat dragging the net full of fish. I love the Apostle Peter. He was often wrong, but never in doubt. He was always canningballing into the situation. And whenever he begins to realize that this is Jesus on the shore, he grabs his outer garment and he jumps into the lake and he swims to Jesus and he leaves all the other disciples to bring the boat in and to carry the fish. Now there were a lot of confusing things in Peter's life right now. He didn't have all the answers and he had made some massive mistakes but there was one thing, there was one thing that Peter knew. The answers were not in the boat. The answers were with Jesus. And so he jumped out of that boat and he got to Jesus once again. And once again, he left his nets and he surrendered his pride. He jumped in and brought himself and fell before the risen Lord. Verse 9 says, when they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish lying on it and bread. Bring some of the fish you've caught, Jesus told them. So Simon Peter climbed up and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. Even though there were not so many, the net was torn. Come and have breakfast, Jesus told them. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. And Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them. And he did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. So what did you have for breakfast this morning? What was it that you ate? Well, just for the record, uh, Jesus, the Lord, enjoyed fish and chips for breakfast, okay? So perhaps it's time to quit eating Wheaties and start eating fish tacos. Be like Jesus, the real breakfast of champions, fish tacos. Somebody needs to suggest to Waterburger that they have fish taquitos on Sunday. Something of that nature because after all, we have right here in Scripture that the Lord ate fish and chips for breakfast and served it. And I think he ministered to Peter. He welcomed him. He made him feel loved. And when breakfast was over, it was now time for Jesus to deal with the battle that had been raging in Peter's heart. Life follows your heart where you cast your affections is always seen in the actions of your life how's your heart where have you cast your affections Peter was battling right now he was battling himself he felt so unworthy and he was also battling God do I stay with the calling that he has brought to me Do I keep pressing forward, or do I retreat into the stained-glass monastery of safety? Do I just spend the rest of my days in the fishing boat? And when he had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now here's the deal with the Apostle Peter. He was a natural leader, and from the very beginning, Jesus saw something in him. Simon was his Hebrew name. It had to do in its root, uh, it seems to have been indicative of his impulsiveness, a reed blowing in the wind. Jesus, though, whenever he met Simon Peter, he gave him a Greek name. You will be called Peter, Petros, from the rock. Cephas, the stone. You see, Jesus saw in Peter potential. He saw in Peter leadership. Peter had boasted, though, that he had loved Jesus more than any of the other disciples. Jesus, I will die for you. He had even pulled out his weapon in the garden, and then he had followed Jesus from afar. But then he had done the unthinkable. He had denied even knowing Jesus. So catch the parallel here. Just as Peter had denied Jesus three times, Jesus now asked Peter three times, Do you love me? Do you love me? Hey, Simon, son of John, do you remember that servant girl in the courtyard who asked you if you were my disciple and you said you were not? Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus looked at him and said, I want you to become a shepherd. Feed my lambs. Hey, Simon, do you remember the the other man that was sitting around the fire with you and he asked you, hey, if you were my disciple and you said you were not? Hey, this morning I want to know something, Simon. Verse 16, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord. He said to them, You you know that I love you. And Jesus looks at him and says, Okay, well, you're not supposed to be catching fish anymore. You're supposed to be shepherding my sheep. I have called you to a new life, Simon. Hey Peter, do you remember when when, when the relative of the man whose ear you cut off recognized you as one of my disciples and he confronted you and you cursed me and you denied even knowing me? Do you remember locking eyes with me during my hour of need? Do you remember that moment? Let me ask you a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter now grieved that he asked him a third time, says... Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Peter, you have denied me three times, and now you have proclaimed your love for me three times. And I believe Jesus leaned in and he said something to Peter that spoke to his very heart. Listen carefully. You're forgiven. Listen carefully, Peter. The past is the past. I don't want you sitting in the boat all night. I don't want you wasting your life in the regrets of the past. Take off the regrets of the past. Peter, I want you to know that you are now clothed in grace and you are called to a new life in me. I'm not finished with you. Your identity is not the past. The past does not get to tell your story. Your identity as a believer in Jesus Christ is found in the grace of Christ. And you are adorned in that grace and he has called you to be a part of his story. Use your story for his glory. And so Peter, our Jesus looks at Peter one more time and he says, feed my sheep. This story is for everyone who's ever messed up or been messed up. Peter's story is for you. We all have regrets. We've all messed up. And we've also had people who have hurt us in moments when the world fell apart around us. And perhaps you've thought, God could never use me how could he forgive me how could he how could he put me back together i'm broken i'm i'm stained jesus speaks into our life through the universal language of brokenness and i am so sorry what might have happened to you through your journey maybe it was a preacher who loved law more than grace Maybe it was a theologian who limited the reach of grace. Maybe it was a friend who didn't understand that you can change someone from your past who only loved you whenever you were good enough. A world that has lied to you since the day you were born. But somewhere in your life, did you embrace the lie that God could never love me? That He doesn't want me? May I remind you today of this man by the name of Simon Peter, a man who did the unthinkable. He betrayed the Lord during his hour of greatest need. But Peter's story didn't end in shame. Jesus lifted Peter back up. He told him to rise up from his knees. He told him to reject the lie and to embrace the truth. And Jesus began working in Peter's life. And just a few days after Peter denied Jesus in the courtyard, God was using Peter to preach the great sermon of Pentecost when the Jerusalem church took fire and the Holy Spirit began to outpour upon all the believers. And God used this man as one of the greatest Christians the world has ever known. But it began with him being honest with God. Getting out of the boat, coming before the Savior, and letting the Savior do His work in His heart. I asked this question in my Bible study on Thursday, and I'll ask it to you again today. How's your heart? How's your heart? Your life follows your heart. Is your heart set upon those things that are above? Jesus says, come to me. I'll clothe you in grace. I'll use your life. I'll repair the brokenness. I will even take the pain of your past and transform it into strength so that you might have the opportunity to minister and care for other people. God can use you. God loves you. And if this morning needs to be the day where you give your heart to Christ Jesus would you just bow your head right where you are and just call out to him you say Lash I don't know what to say just call out to Jesus and say Lord forgive me for I am a sinner and I come before you and I ask you to to save me and to begin my life anew may this be my day my moment of salvation And if this is your moment, I would just encourage you to reach out and let us know because we want to walk with you and we want to help you be like Christ. Church family, let's pray as the musicians come and then we'll continue to worship. Father, I thank you for the story nestled in the pages of the resurrection events. And I pray that we might realize that there is forgiveness and new beginning in Christ Jesus. Lord, help us to be humble, to fall before you, and to realize that we need you. And I ask you, Lord, to give us strength and wisdom as we take those next steps, that we might honor you in the people that we are and all that we do. It's in Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen.